I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Live from the office of Jorge Mendez, this is Footy Prime the Podcast with Brendan Dunlop, James Sharman, Craig Forrest, and Denny, the many, Dickio. Footy Prime, the podcast is brought to you by DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com. Game changed. For producer Dan Wong and myself, whoever I am, let's get this party started. What is Danny the Manny? Any, any idea? JC, you're still there, right? What is Danny the Manny? Was that just something that you just kind of, it rhymes, so you thought you'd throw it in there? Or is there something well, more clever I was, to it? I was going to say something else, but it's not politically correct. And also, I didn't. I was afraid he'd come after me if I said it. Danny so the Manny? Say, well, sure, that too. Swarthy half-breed is what you're going to call him. <laughs> doesn't rhyme with Danny. <laughs> it's just, I, can't, it's, I mean... The name Danny Dicchio, it it I think it conjures up like just grandiose things. So just saying Danny Dicchio, it's like okay, that's cool. You just got to add something to it, like Big Danny Dicchio or like Danny Dicchio Esquire or something like that. So I, I I threw in Manny, you know, the Manny, the Manny. See, when I no. think of Danny the Manny, I think of like a Latin Danny Dicchio. No, Maybe that is watch. that what it is, like that's Manuel wrong, Manny. Have you watched the show This Is Us? No, I did once. I watched the first like four or five, and then I just I couldn't. I wanted to like pass out the razor blades. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not the winter viewing for Craig Forrest when the lights dim. That's not <laughs> something to watch for you. You got to be watching like blinking a zoo no. or something. Thirty thirty stories show. up. The guy on there, the guy on there does the show called The Manny, and he's like a. Uh, a male nanny. A male nanny. Yeah, male nanny. So, but also my footy fantasy. Did you cry watching that? Uh, a couple of times. I was a couple of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an emotionally triggering. You wouldn't show. be human. It's a tough. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be human no. if you didn't. No. But going what back does Danny Dickie look like, like when he cries? Deech, what's your crying voice and face? Uh, I don't want to see it. it. I would is not it, want to see it make is, me is cry. It a whimper? Is it a whimper or more of a ball? Uh, it's, it's kind of like an angry cry. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably the yeah. same one. As <laughs> Obviously, but... <laughs> see, I could pick I could pick the beach when he starts to cry. Whatever made him cry, he'd get really angry at. Like if it was the show, he'd pick up his TV and just whip it into the backyard or something. Yeah, a little bit <laughs> like that. How dare you? What's the, the, the last, last movie or TV show that you guys cried at? I mean, Deech obviously cried at. Is it This Is Us? Right? Um, I'm trying to think the last thing I cried at. Wonga, you, you're an emotional guy. What, yeah, what was your uh, last I, movie I, I totally show? know it. It was um, This Is Where I Leave You. And it was Jason Bateman, Tina Fey, and uh, Adam Driver, and their dad dies. And it goes back like they're basically sitting Shiva. And everyone's coming by and they can't handle it anymore. Seven days or how many days Shiva is of people coming to mourn with them. And they're like, I can't do this anymore. And Jason Bateman never was close with his father. And then he got memories 
and my dad had died like a year before this and i was just sitting in my room bawling with my kids already put them to bed and i'm like full on wailing going well i guess this was built up <laughs> release year year later i was like all right i'm ready to take on the world this is great <laughs> Someone's got some some things to deal with, apparently. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what about you, uh, uh, B? I mean, you're 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 not that emotional, but you, you don't must... think I'm an emotional guy. I'm half I Portuguese. Think you are. I don't, for for a Portugueser, you're not that emotional. I don't think. Oh, you I can't. Can I can't see... picture you crying. So, what, do you cry often at films or, or TV shows? I'm not a big crier, but you you guys have all seen me angry since we've been doing the show from home with my internet <laughs> service. You've all seen that one side of emotions. Um, <laughs> Field of Dreams is one of my favorite movies, but uh, I'll be honest, I've seen it a hundred times, and every single time he asks his dad for a catch, I always get a lump in the throat. And the movie that surprised me that I got quite emotional about, Gerard Butler and Hilary Swank. This uh, I want to say rom-com, but it's not really a comedy at all. It was a horrible Romantic movie. film, P.S. I remember I that one. But yeah, horrible because it made you sad? No, I, I couldn't get wife. through it. Hilary Swank just, I, I got a, what was it called again? P.S. I Love You. P.S. I Love You, yeah. He passes away and he wrote her a letter every day for a year. Yeah, that's just that was what was annoying to me. No oh, she, one does. She that. died. He wrote her a letter. He, and she he died. died. He died. He died. Oh, he. She wrote him a letter every she day. She got a new. She got a new. No, no. He died, and then yeah. she got a new letter from him. Oh, so he, so he knew he was dying, and he prepared for this. Like, there's not, better things to do when you're dying, surely, than write letters for when you're dead. Like, go out for a walk, enjoy the nature. They were short. So it's not like a, he wasn't a ghost or something? He wasn't a ghost. Thing? No. Okay. You're thinking a ghost. Movie? Yeah, that's a good movie. Whoopi. Whoopi was. It is Whoopi. Whoopi stole the show in that movie. That no, the guy on the um, subway. The guy on the subway. Good old oh, yeah. Um, Dazovich. Nick Dazovich. Yeah. Right? Nick he stole, he stole the show. Get off right? my train. <laughs> <laughs> Dazo. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What about you, Craig? When was the last time you cried over a, a TV show or a movie? Oh, man. I, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the last thing you watched. There's no way you cried over that. Did she you? cries every day, though. So I cry yeah, when, I, right. I cried when I, I was just laughing. Honestly, I couldn't believe how funny that some parts were. Just good characters. JC wasn't what I expected. JC definitely cries over movies. With his misses. So this no well, no 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 my so my wife laughs at me when I do, but she was away this weekend and I, I don't normally watch full movies because my attention span's not there. Same. But I watch I watched there you go. So I watched Godzilla versus Kong. Yes. And there's a part in it where Godzilla and Kong like have this understanding. <laughs> it's really that, I watched it this yeah, weekend that, too. Yeah. That's the the robot is the real enemy, and they look at each other like and then they go, and then Godzilla goes off into the ocean and Kong's got a tear in his eye and I'm like I'm not crying but I'm crying <laughs> no way <laughs> so there's a robot in that movie as well yeah oh, that's Mecha Godzilla that's some that's some that's some stuff Mecha right Godzilla like a, yeah. a a robotic Godzilla that's right yeah the Who Chinese must have created spoiler alert wow it's pretty and it's pretty it's emotional yeah. Very wow. emotional. A lot of crying in that. There's a lot of a lot of crying in that movie. It's okay, I think, nowadays for for men to cry, isn't it? It's far more acceptable now than it used to be. So I'm glad that you guys can all embrace your your um, effeminate side. Can't hold it, or in just Charmin. human side. Maybe that's the descriptive word, Charmin. It's just human. human side. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. And you know who made uh, bunch crying? Aren't you girls' blouses? Who, who who made crying uh, acceptable for men? One Cristiano Ronaldo, whose oh, heart was broken in 2004 after the European Championship heartbreak to Greece. And he showed yep. the world, Danny the Manny Dicchio, it's okay to <laughs> shed a tear. Emotions are a normal human thing. Do you, do you think, B, when he leaves Juventus, which looks as if it's going to happen, whether he goes to, to City or PSG or wherever... No. Do you think when he leaves Juventus, he'll, he'll shed a tear in that press conference? <laughs> Absolutely not. He's no. just going to be smiling from ear to ear, counting checks and Champions League opportunities. I love it. What went wrong with Ronaldo at Juventus? Is it purely his 
thirst and ambition is such that he has to aspire for, for the biggest stage, which is assuming Champions League football. And he doesn't think that Juventus will carry him there. Is it money? What, what is his motivation, do you think, to, to leave Juventus a, a great club? He hasn't only been there for three years and moved to one of the other super clubs. The ex-pros, you go first, and then I'll give you my biased take. But not all at once. I think he's, he's, <laughs> he sees it. Awkward he sees silence. An opportunity to make lots of money and win possibly a Champions League again. Is it that simple, Ditch? Gives him a I chance. Think, I think it's a little bit of a sour ending at Juve because Ronaldo, Ronaldo was brought in to Juventus to be that final piece of the jigsaw in getting the Champions League. And... It's, it's just not as easy as that. And was it Ronaldo letting Juventus down or was it more Juventus letting Ronaldo down in not bringing in a proper coach to coach him and to go on and win that title? Um, was it not bringing in adequate signings instead of bringing in certain American players and other players to supplement his skill? So... It's kind of a grey area for me. I, I do think it's going to end on a sour note because he hasn't been fully welcomed in Italy um, as much as what maybe a Messi would have been welcomed. Um, but he still picked up a trophy there. He still picked up goal honours. Okay, you can say 50% of his goals were penalty kicks, but you still have to put the ball in the back of the net. I do feel he's going to end up at a place where he's going to have a chance to get that final Champions League piece, whether it be PSG or Manchester City. Pep's announced as well that he's going to be leaving at the end of next year as well, 2023. So maybe it's a a nice little way to end things when they were were a player and coach that were kind of battling against each other in Spain. And now they're going to hopefully win the Champions League together if he does join them at Man City. Or, Or, and you got Messi at PSG and Man City, they're both playing in the same group as well, eh? Yeah, it's a great draw today. I love that. I think if Ronaldo goes to Manchester City, they are my new favorites to win the Champions League. Last week when we spoke, I said it was PSG. I couldn't see any other way. And then it came out that Ronaldo could go to Man City. And I think, you know, I know there's a lot of how does he fit in to the system that Pep created? And, you know, isn't this just a repeat of the issue that was Sergio Aguero? No, you you adapt. And the difference being when Pep arrived, he didn't have all the other pieces around Aguero to play like that. Now they do. They can they can adapt to uh, to make it fit, and he'll still score boatloads of goals. You know, he might not be Premier League top scorer, but he's going to bag twenty. And for all the concerns they had about you know sharing the scoring load with Aguero leaving and Gabby Jesus not being up to uh, up up to that bill, up to that quality, um, they they'll replace it with Ronaldo in a second. And I think he's absolutely motivated to win the Champions League, and that's the only reason he's left Juventus because, as Deitch said, they've not put the pieces around him to be able to do it, to contend. That side has only gotten worse since he's arrived. It seems to me that that might be the, the best fit footballing-wise, don't you think, Craig? Uh, in, in that, So you, you mentioned before Jesus, and he's playing wider this season and playing really well, right? So you have a guy in Ronaldo who can play through the middle, which they haven't had for a while. It seems to me from a footballing standpoint, it actually makes a lot more sense him to go there than perhaps PSG. Well, and I, I think the, he doesn't necessarily have to fit in right away. It doesn't have to tick and gel and have. A, but I think PSG have are going to have a tougher time because so I think they've only got a few games in the French league before they play against Man City in the group stage. And I'll just say they're going to not going to you know get out of it, but they got a lot of uh, pieces to their, their their team that they have to get right where Man City don't have that many, and they can do whatever they want with Ronaldo whenever they want, right? I think. That said, I mean, he's a United legend. He's going to City, potentially, and that seems to be the the, the big fit right now. Much can change between now and this podcast going to air, of course. Um, but does it tarnish him at United, or is he not quite up there with the true legends of Man United because he wasn't there that long, right? He, he won a lot of trophies. He was incredible. He's arguably the best player in the world when he left. But it's not as if... I don't think the United support have the same feelings for 
Ronaldo as they do for Wayne Rooney, for example, or, or Ryan Giggs. He's a legend, sure, because he won things and he was you know, the next big thing, but he did leave as well just before he really hit his prime. So going to City, is he tarnished or was the trophy not that shiny to begin with? Deej? I'm not sure. I mean, you, you look at past players like Peter Schmeichel, who was a legend at Manchester United, Craig, and he moved on to Manchester City. Uh, Carlos Tevez as well. He played for both clubs. Um, yeah. I just think this Ronaldo one is, is as you said, Shams, I, I don't think he was an, a legend status when he left there. He was a fantastic player. I played against him when he was at Manchester United. Um, we played in a cup final, the one I was suspended for, and he absolutely twisted our poor left back inside and out. And we had to slowly untwist him after the game. And he was like, I've never been, I've never been dealt with like that in a football game. And like, he was just blessed to have played against him. Like, but he was just dazed and confused for the next month or so. But a fantastic player. But I agree with you. I don't think he's held in that status at, at Manchester United, where. He was there for a long, long period and played uh, a lot of games. And I'm not saying it was a stopgap for him because he's a player that's improved and adjusted his game, whatever club he's gone to. Is he going to have that effect at Manchester City? Is he going to win as many trophies at Manchester City than he did at Manchester United? No, but that's not to say that the United fans are going to be grieved about him going there because they're going. he's possibly going through their arch rivals. But I think they'll take it with a grain of salt. And I think Cristiano won't even think about that at this moment in time. He'll just be going to somewhere where he feels that he's got the players around him to achieve what he still wants to achieve before his career comes to an end. I think yeah, so too. I think it is a matter of a situation for him and, and Man United fans too, where I think they, they don't, they expect that this would be something that would happen with Ronaldo. Don't you think it's, it's city it's, they've done it before. I think they've got over that sort of spell. And like you said, with Ronaldo's position there, I don't think it tarnishes it. I think they kind of expect that that would be where he would end up to be honest. He's closer to the Schmeichel transfer than, you know, the idea of Rooney having left, you know, uh, or even Tevez leaving, which was a direct transfer. I think he's, he's closer in that sense that, yeah, he was a, a legend, but I think kind of cemented his legacy in not in a Manchester United shirt. So that's why it wouldn't sting as much. But I think there's got to be a lot of United supporters that must be disappointed that United aren't in this race at all. Like, that's what blows me away. We were talking about, you know, potentially Ronaldo returning when he went to Juventus. And then after they failed in the Champions League at the, the first time, the second time, there was always that link that, hey, maybe United could could run it back. And now... It's possible, like it's very clear he's leaving Juventus and United aren't in this conversation whatsoever. That blows my mind. The big thing, though, Dunny, is that United's next purchase of a striker has to be a player that is going to be there for the, the long run. And they're talking about Haaland. They're waiting for Haaland next year. They already have Cavani, who's a, an older striker who can play. 20 games a year, maybe 25 games at like high intensity. You right. bring in another player, an older player in Ronaldo, who you're going to spend a lot of money on. And for me, he's in better shape than Cavani. He looks after himself impeccably. But I think United are moving into a direction now where they've they bought a couple of young players. They spent some money on Varane, who they needed, with a little bit of experience at the back. But they need to go for a stellar young stud of a striker that's going to be there for the long term. And Harlow's buyout is, is so affordable for what he can do. Yeah. And he's going to be available to whoever wants him next season. And, and it's not going to cost him $200 million in a 70, isn't it? 70, yeah. Around about 70 for that guy who's going to guarantee your goal. So it, it makes sense. But I'm kind of getting sick of these, these superstar players who will only entertain offers from these super clubs and no one else. Be honest. I mean, ask of this. Ronaldo... Give me Messi as well. Had they not have gone to PSG or, or Man City, where you're guaranteeing trophies, right? We know what they're going there for. It is trophies. What? How would the world look at Ronaldo if he chose a bad team or an average team in a small town? You know, someone in Hatafe in Spain, or <laughs> we, 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 we mentioned Burnley before, joking around. But like, imagine a Ronaldo. Imagine that story. If Ronaldo signs with Burnley, I mean, he would get more worldwide press 
I bet you, for making that move than going to Man City, boring, or PSG, boring. Don't you think? I mean, it no. just shows that their thirst for, for trophies, I guess, because they got the money. But what a great legacy to leave the game by, by giving a small club that opportunity. I agree on the legacy standpoint. I mean, I joked that he was going to go to Wolves. I thought that was absolutely possible. George Mendes owns half the club. I thought if he was leaving Juve and he wasn't going to MLS or China, that that would be it, that he would go to Wolves. I really didn't think there would be a scenario where he was the Serie A's leading goal scorer and, you know, fresh off a, a new want-away contract or a want-away situation. And Man City are a team able to get him at the same time that Messi has left Barcelona. That's just, it's just, this is the craziest transfer season silly season i can remember if if these deals go ahead right there's still so much speculation messi went ahead and bape hasn't gone to real madrid just yet it looks like it probably will because i mean how can how can even psg turn down 180 million euros for a guy that's available as a free next summer right who's paying for that you know what they don't care about money right psg don't care about money they'll find a way to make it work into the ffp I'm talking about they Real about Madrid. Status. Yeah, well, well, how, well, yeah, exactly. Right? Where's that money coming from? Florentino like, Perez has been crying for a year. Yeah. Yes, he's, he's, he's selling he drugs. Yes. He says, the Perez says, lot, lot, was it lot, lot, well, April, wasn't it? Or May, whenever it was, the Super League happened. We can't survive without the Super League. And here we are now in August, and they're going to pay $180 million for a guy they could get for free <laughs> next summer. <laughs> <laughs> Such bullshit. Oh, God, it just drives me up the wall. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, I, I would rather see Ronaldo go to PSG just for that Ronaldo-Messi storyline. I mean, I, I wonder if either guy would actually want it because they're both always competing for each other's records, right? So would they work together? I don't know, Deech, you're a coach. You know how players work together. Could you possibly see a Messi-Ronaldo throwing Mbappe, but probably not him. It would be uh, Neymar, obviously, in that front three. Would, would they work together? I think it would be the coach's worst nightmare. It would be fantastic for us, for, for us viewers to, to watch and to see it unravel, good and bad. Um, but I just think it would be a coach's nightmare, especially when you've got certain tactical objectives that you want to in, in you know in place. But I just I just think they're so different. They've got such big stature, all, all three players, and, and you've mentioned Neymar there as well. Defensively playing against them, it would be a torrid time for sure. But like, imagine being like the player or the understudy to those guys as well, or being in that locker room, that dressing room, adding Ramos as well, adding Wijnaldum, adding Donnarumma, adding guys like that. And you think this is just a ridiculous team to play on, let alone to try and coach. So, no, I wouldn't want that. I'd rather coach a team like Burnley. <laughs> I'd love you to heard, see you coach Burnley you heard it here PSG if you're thinking about you know recruiting Deitch as your next manager um, no, he doesn't want the job no thanks hey, what did you hear today I know Danny probably would have heard this as well so uh, League Arn has actually moved out of the top five leagues in the world and uh, the Portuguese uh, Premier League is it uh, Danny the Premier League or the Liga Nosh I think that's the current sponsorship still the league yeah the Liga Pastage de Nate has moved up to <laughs> fifth place in I the world fifth place in the world so Liga Arn is out of that top five and it's in sixth place now wow, this is based that. on UEFA coefficients you're speaking of yeah this was uh, the, the stats that came out this morning but that that's the the rating is like the UEFA coefficients, the qualifying coefficients, because I think it's a combination of COVID, right, guys, that screwed up the qualifying uh, rounds entering the group stage proper because none of the Portuguese teams – oh, excuse me, Benfica did. Of course they did. They beat PSV. Yeah. Porto as well. Porto as well. Yeah, yeah, Porto. So there's the, there is the three of them. So how come the fourth-place team in England didn't have to play in the qualifier? Was it because Chelsea had won? No idea. Who finished fourth in England? United. Uh, uh, no, no, United. Liverpool. Yeah. No, it sorry, Liverpool? Chelsea. Chelsea finished fourth. Oh. oh, and because they'd won, that's why they didn't have to play in the qualifier. Understood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sort of. Right. Then. All right. Well, it just let, seems let's like find the out. qualifying round was short. Let's let's find out. Hey, Wonga, can you explain yeah. to the audience the uh, the UEFA coefficient system how it works? Yeah. yeah. On, so this is what I did read. The University of Michigan <laughs> just wrote uh, a study 
that every time you eat a hot dog, you lose 36 minutes of your life. So there you go. Well, that's the UEFA coefficient. That's, it's the same. I just want you guys to know, I ate seven <laughs> hot dogs in the last two weeks. Who's the guy that eats it? Who's the other? Uh, Joey Chestnut. Yeah. Joey Chestnut. He won't make 50. No. no. He won't make 40. I just lost, I just lost, you know, what is it? Five, three and a half hours of my life. <laughs> Here's a question for you. If they said that, if it was a real study from the University of New Hampshire, somewhere credible. But that, this is a real study. That one beer would shave off two minutes of your life, four minutes, whatever it was. Let's say 90 seconds. Would that change your drinking habits? No. I'll drink more. <laughs> You're so English. I drink yeah. more just to end this hell I call life. <laughs> he says. <laughs> That's true. The guy owns two houses, can't sell one, has to drive exactly. have to drive four hours in from Pickering. I was literally flogging pies last night to pay my mortgage. Literally. Oh god, what happened to me? That's the work hey. the boss well. You're on the home of soccer on a digital property once a week. Life is grand. And I'm sitting you assholes once a week or twice a week as well, Jesus. Hey, back to that whole Ronaldo-Messi, you know, potential. It got me thinking about what other great combinations, partnerships we, we never saw but you'd like to see, be it in sports or otherwise. Anything jump out, Craig? Yeah, give me a second. <laughs> okay, okay, have a think there, Deech? Craig. <laughs> Deech? Thanks, thanks for being on a podcast, Craig. Oh, my God. Why do we bother? Why do we bother? You know, <laughs> we put out these texts, you know, hey, guys, here's an idea. Maybe give this some thought over the next 17 hours. <laughs> I am. Then it's. I did. <laughs> Who's that? I would have liked to have seen. I'd like to have seen certain players play play on the same team together, but for instance, I'd like to have seen Pele play with um, Bobby Charlton. Ooh, um, big man, little man. Yeah, big man, little man combo. I'd like to have seen uh, like John like Terry and, and Robbie Savage. <laughs> We're the best friend you ever can have. You're like Kieran Dyer and Lee Boyer all over again. We might get that. We could get that, but it would be on BBC Radio 5 Live that they would be teamed up. I'd like to have seen uh, John Terry and Wayne Bridge play together after. <laughs> At Al Halal or some like you know, yeah. far away place. That would have been pretty interesting. What about a Seba Javinko and Peter Crouch up top together? That would have been good, yeah. On, on top of each other, though, right? <laughs> yeah, Javinko and Peter Crouch's shoulders for set pieces. <laughs> uh, I've been telling Dickio ever since Soteldo showed up, like, you got to just go behind him, pick him up on your shoulders, and get someone to snap a picture. Please. And be in a training <laughs> kit and wear boots and you know make it look like you're on the field together. Just just please, can you get that, that photograph? Guys, hey, with Soteldo and Javinko, Go work together. Or just, I mean, you'd never see them, right? They'd be squirreling around. <laughs> yeah. Right? No, I, I can't tell you. I, I, I walked past Soteldo again today in the training facility, and I, I watched them a lot from, from the sidelines and stuff like that. But actually being up that close to him, I, I didn't know that he was that small. I really didn't. How small? You like, watch him in the shower, your, though, eh? Is, is that up to your, You're watching him in the shower? Yeah, yeah, all the time, Wonga. All the time. <laughs> so, Deech, where is he up to? Your hips? I don't know because I, I was actually frightened to get that close to him in case I scared him. But, <laughs> <laughs> He's going to ask you for some beans. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he's smaller than Javinko. Is he really, eh? Yeah. I, said was he wearing I told a, you he was. Was he wearing his shorts really high when you saw him? This was inside the training facility, so he had his normal clothes on. Okay. He wears the shorts really high, like tucked up. Just put no. it this way. He, I, I think he, he does well in Baby Gap. <laughs> i tell you what, when you see those guys, those small guys, Biagiovinco or Sotelo, Fabuena, it, it is amazing they're professional athletes. They've got to be tough, right? I mean, to be that small, that I mean, they're not like they're, you know, they're not stocky guys either, right? They're, they're small-boned, I guess you could say. And to get around a professional football field, I think it's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, They're uh, one chromosome away from being a midget. 
<laughs> I think it's under four eleven. You become four, a little person. Is it four three? No, no, little person. Four three, I think. Little person. I'm looking it up. You guys keep talking. Who is the world's Who is the world's tallest midget? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. I think it's four three. Now, four dwarfism is generally defined as an adult height of four feet ten inches or less. My grandmother was four nine and a half. Is that four feet ten for male or female? Yeah. Wait, your own really? grandmother was four nine and a half, or this is part of the four, yeah, my own grandmother. She was okay. a little Chinese lady, could really cook dumplings, and she was four nine and a half. <laughs> right, but a, a Chinese, explains. the Chinese population, generally speaking, is a lower average height than than you know the USA average height, right? So right. surely the midget dwarfism average or, or the minimum has to be determined by where you're from, right? So someone who's considered a dwarf slash midget in China might be a different height to someone in the States. Right. They could like, actually right. say we're the tall midgets. You know, the, the way yeah. we look at, we know the way we look at Dickio, like this, this giant amongst us. That's what I am like in Portugal. I am not a tall man, but in Portugal, I am a Danny Dickio like giant. Mm. Really? <laughs> Why the Portuguese so small? No idea. The sun eat well, great diets. <laughs> You'd think so. I but I mean, is 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 olive oil and figs providing enough protein to grow in developmental years? That, yeah, but all that fish though. There's only oh, it's okay. So their hair is beautiful and great skin. Yeah, but also a ton of protein. Yeah, I don't think it's the same growth protein. Is it not? It's too much of a good thing. Fish? Did you eat much fish as a kid? No, Craig. You too. No. No. Hmm. Could be right. Yep. Yeah. But the Italians are very similar as well to the Portuguese. Like I'm, I'm very tall for. Well, my dad is pretty tall for an Italian, but the majority of my family are all very small on the Italian side. It's my English side, my granddad was six foot four, mm. so uh-huh. on that side. Well, that's yeah. the funny thing. And, 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 I'm, the third I'm the third tallest amongst all of us. Yeah, it's true. You're so. towering six foot one. No, I'm a I'm a good five ten and three quarters, maybe five eleven. I'm six foot tall. No, you are not. I, I am six foot tall. Yeah, I'm I am taller, six foot taller as well. You're both. I'm both. I'm taller than both of you. So I'm Listen, not. your hair is so out of control. You look <laughs> taller, right? You go from the skull, not the top of the hair. Okay. Oh my god, we're gonna have are to you do a measure to off. To we're gonna do a measure <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, next time at the garage. Next yeah. time at the garage. Next week or when do we get a chance to do it? We'll uh, we'll have a measure off. Yep. And then, we'll, and then we'll record our heights. <laughs> <laughs> guys going to have a cock off? No, we, we shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yep, then a cock off. Yep. Le cock sportif. We <laughs> Full on <laughs> cock off. <laughs> Wonger, I think you're probably third in that department as well. Maybe. <laughs> Things happen. You never know when you mix up the genes like in my family. I'll take third. Oh. <laughs> A B, any any combinations, uh, partnerships that you'd like to see? Oh man, I'm think like everyone, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Why was it not real? You know, That's a, what a yeah. letdown! What a letdown! Well, they were real for that movie, and it was a lovely theme song, theme album. Actually, it's incredible. How about it should have been real love. I Freddie Mercury and JC because he's got that white beater on right now. Yeah, that's yeah. No one can see Jeff Cole, Craig. But you're right. He he is looking a little like a pale Freddie Mercury. I thought you said Jay Z. (laughs) That's what I think. The Jay Z. Uh, Well, you know, Freddie sang opera. He could do some hip hop. You know, but Jay Z makes sense. Yeah. Um, I thought about like Sean Dyche and and Louis Armstrong (laughs) singing. Yeah. I, I'm just no, doing a podcast. Together. Just doing a podcast would be great. It'd be great, right? But got a gravelly voice. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> Liam Gallagher, Damon Auburn, uh, Jeffrey <laughs> Epstein, and and Bill Cosby. That'd be a great one. <laughs> this segment made a lot more sense when I thought about it this morning than actually yeah. now we're doing it. It was a lot well, what about, when I, when I so thought about I'm it. gonna go. I want to go back to the '90s. I always thought it would have been like just absolutely 
mental to see the prodigy team up with DJ Melody. Yeah. And go on tour. I saw them in concert. Somebody's uh, someone agrees uh, with you. Somebody's microwaves right on point. <laughs> that's that's obviously you, Craig. That's obviously your Craig's chunky soup is yeah, ready. Yeah. Chunky chili. Your hungry man <laughs> dinner is done, buddy. Go open it up. <laughs> wow, the stove top. What's that disgusto steak? And it's a... Salisbury steak. <laughs> Salisbury steak. <laughs> Mr. Hungry. <laughs> if I only stick in the nuka for two minutes and you get a Salisbury steak feast. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I live above Loblaws. I live above a Loblaws and they like like don't even have to leave the building. Throw it in the microwave. Delicious. Hey, could you go can you go out back to the garbage cans each night and get some pretty fresh food? Think about it. But you could Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, Craig, you, you Craig, you can't be um, from back in the day when you had the little Marks and Spencers takeaways, could you? Oh, they were. Ooh, yeah. Those were the winner, winner chicken dinners. They were top drawer. Was like a real, a re- were, they, were they packaged in front of you or you grabbed them and then threw them in the microwave? Yeah, or the oven. But they're the just oven. really, just really, really good. They tried to go over here. They they failed in Canada and Australia miserably. But oh, so there used to be Marks and Spencers here in in yeah, Canada. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Do you know what you don't get well? here, which is so good. Yeah, is, um... yeah. All of that, like all of the stained stuff they brought from England and brought it here. It yeah. didn't work. No, no. Well, uh, I think you... it was more of a pricing issue, Deech, more than anything for them. They just priced themselves out. If there was other opportunities for cheaper stuff i go to you don't the, get i go to the english store in oakville and i spend a fortune there getting my stuff like my bits monster and bits munch here. yeah monster munch my jaffa biscuits, cakes my uh biscuits drinks my tea so if someone could open up an english store closer to me with more um reasonable prices that would be great you know you don't get here is um shrimp like prawn sandwiches no, you, you don't, don't find them here, right? and they're so good. Because Marks and Sparks used to have uh, the prawn sandwich you get wrapped up, right? and it, it was delicious. Or a prawn cocktail. Prawn cocktail, yeah, that's right. Prawn cocktail for a starter. Yeah, how come they don't do that here? <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about football here, guys. Well, prawn sandwiches was a Roy Keane reference, right? Kind of, so that kind of yeah. counts. Before we get to break, uh, Harry Kane looks like he's staying at least until January. He said he's going to stay uh, at Spurs this summer, after all. Didn't mention beyond that. Um, so did Dan Levy win this battle, Craig, do you think? Or do you think Kane's off in January, depending on where Spurs are? I don't think it, anybody won this battle, or this particular move or not. I I think it's, a, it's postponing the inevitable. Um, and I'm not sure how it's going to work and how he's going to feel at uh, at Spurs. What do you think, Deej? I'm just trying to get this uh, Darren Farley impression of Harry Kane today. It was brilliant. If any of you saw it on Instagram. Can you, you know, play it? Do you, can you play it in your mic? Uh, you might be able to hear it. It was a great interview. I can hear it better than you. <laughs> All right, ready? Uh, I would like to take this opportunity uh, to make a brief statement. I will 100% be staying at Spurs. Um, the reasons for this is I absolutely love the club unconditionally, and it's got nothing to do with the fact that Pep Guardiola wouldn't pay $160 million for a 39-year-old. Uh, we have an incredible manager uh, in Nuno Espirito Santo, uh, and even though his head's upside down, uh, I think that will really help him when he's looking at the Premier League table, and it looks like we're in third instead of being in 17th. I would also like to take this opportunity uh, to tell Pep Guardiola I absolutely hate him for leaving me in this absolute hellhole that is Alcatraz. That's all he spares. Uh, we could have done special things together. And, uh, it's never too late, but obviously it is. Uh, you should have tried harder instead of wasting £800 billion on really crap sent from Bournemouth. Okay? 
<laughs> that's about it right there in a nutshell hey, i love farley that talks, when farley talks he talks sense he does no one's that happy so in that situation did you see when he did uh, early in the pandemic he did a chat with Carragher and neville and he like yeah. uh did the whole rolodex of his impersonations and they were in bits when he did them yeah <laughs> he's very good very talented guy there's a couple of guys actually had great impersonations of uh managers and players Yep. Are you? I was going to ask. I, I want to ask a question though. I was I was watching uh, the Spurs game, and they we didn't know what was happening with Kane yet, and they were doing the subs, and there was like 17 minutes left in the game, and they took out Sun and dropped in Harry Kane. He came out, ran around a little bit. What was the point of that? Like, what at that point, no one knew. Was it just to give him a last run in front of fans kind of thing? Because I know they were playing on the road, too. It was just seemed very odd that he took Sun out, like, that Sun had played, took Sun out. Game was, I think I it's mean, a bit pressure. I think it's a bit pressure on, on City at that point, saying, listen, we're playing this guy unless you give us a bid that we will we'll accept. Uh, so if, if you raise yeah. the 150, but now it's, you know, you're taking a gamble now by not reaching our valuation because we're going to play him. We're, being, we're dead serious. We're going to play him. We want right. to keep him. I'm right. assuming that's what it was. Also, I, I honestly don't think he's 100% fit yet, guys. I think he's probably at around 50%, Craig. He came in a little bit later than the other guys um, because of the Euros. Um, there's obviously been a lot going around in his head at the moment. Um, I, I, I've said it before. I, I feel there was an agreement between him and uh, the chairman, Levy, that he could leave. There wasn't a clause, but it was a gentleman's contract. And I think Levy has gone back on his word. I think Nuno Santos wants him there. He knows he's a top scorer here. So I think it's been agreed now that he'll probably have to leave in January, the January transfer window. But you don't really see any massive, massive deals go ahead halfway through the season unless someone's really chomping at the bit to get a quadruple on on the play. But I just don't see anyone spending that kind of money on a 29-year-old. He did play today. He played 72 minutes in the uh, the Conference League um, qualifier today against Pasos de Ferreira. Spurs Pasos, won 3-0. Pasos, come on, the little Pasos de Ferreira. Sorry. It's, it's the last time I mentioned it because they lost. And 3-0, and Kane had two goals. Yep. So he's happy. Everyone's happy after all. But it's no one saw it. it. So if no one could watch it, did it even happen? Well, I went, I went and got Pasos. some... I went to Caldenzi and got some pastel de natil. So yes, it happened. Oh my god. It's like it's like I've not been with you guys for six months to a year. You've learned nothing from me. Nothing. The good nothing. thing you're not right. None of your hair is better. Time for a break. Christ almighty, it's time for a break. You're listening to Footy Prime, the podcast. I'm Brendan Dunlop. Get ready for football and soccer on zone. Stream the NFL, Premier League, and UEFA Champions League. Your sport, when and where you want it. Start your free trial at DAZN.com. Game changed. And we're back from a break. Um, I apologize for that first block. Uh, second block, excitement, fellas, over Canada announcing a squad for a football match. I'm only half joking there. There was, there was this, it seemed on social media at least, this real sense of anticipation for John Herman's squad for the upcoming World Cup qualifiers for the first time that I can remember, actually, this genuine um, excitement about this team. Um, and obviously no surprises, except for perhaps Scotty Arfield not making it. Um, you know, he's in, he's out. He was injured. He wasn't injured. You know, maybe there's a, an agreement with Rangers. I, I don't know what it is, but still it's a very strong-looking squad. Um, Craig, do you remember such bluster and gusto over a Canada squad announcement? Mm, well, no, not really. I mean, I think that the, the anticipation for me was just to see, make sure that everybody was that was coming in, they were healthy. If, you, if there's some names missing, like even Scott, I don't believe that that's happened. He was called in the Gold Cup. I believe he's injured with a calf injury and. Um, the other players and the squad have 
keeping them out of the uh, out of it at the moment. But it's a there's a competition for spots there, and everybody wants to be a part of this team and this squad. This is a good looking side, and honestly, I don't think I, I just don't see anything stopping them making the World Cup other than injuries or anything like that. They've got a squad, and and we said it before they had to play the qualifying is the teams that automatically got into the the oct oct or hex oct oct, oct. Yeah. um they had to sit around waiting play some friendlies make gold cup or whatever but um for the most part you're waiting and the teams that are coming out of that punch bag group um are going to be playing with a lot of confidence on riding on a high and that's where canada is they can't wait to get in and get these games started be you pumped or you're nervous? Uh, I'm excited. I mean, I think that uh, they've got a tough test, but I, I think the way it shakes out, and they still have the good fortune of they're playing Mexico at the Azteca in an empty stadium, correct? I think that. No, no, no? it's been changed today. Oh, it's been changed. To it's what? Been reduced. Reduced. They're only going to uh, do it for one game against Jamaica. Oh no! I didn't realize that. Well, that's it's a big game changer. Today, yeah. Yeah, so to answer your question, Charms, yeah, I'm fucking scared. Uh, now I'm scared. <laughs> you know what? When you play in Azteca, you you want to play when there's fans there. It's it's just too good of an experience to play. You don't in think you would have loved having one of those qualifiers in front of an empty stadium down there? That wouldn't have leveled the playing field for you guys? No, I mean, yeah, but I still think it's – I think the team could still perform and do well. Um, they can possess the ball. Gregor, do they, do they have to go there early? It's twenty. The altitude in Mexico City is twenty three hundred feet above sea level. The heat is always unbearable. What do they have to do? And maybe this is a ditch as a coach question too. What do you have to do to get prepared for that elevation, which takes the wind out of you and the heat? Well, I'll tell you one thing but before Deech talks about it, that we, I mean, I played in Azteca several times and, and in Mexico, we've tried everything from, I know in 86, the, the squad, Tony Waiters had the squad where snorkels at sea level. So they're sprinting using snorkels to reduce oxygen intake. And whether that's a good thing or not, that's what they did. And then when we were down there, they, there was different philosophies like show it like go in spend lots of time and then you know let your body adjust um, and get right into physical activity then it was like no go in early and then don't do a lot of physical activity and that's when Ipswich got the schedule of what we were going to do for the first like five days we were in Mexico at Coco Yoke this uh uh, resort north of Mexico City. We played golf for five days, and they, and they sent it. The CSA sent it to Ipswich and all the clubs that this is the itinerary. <laughs> can you imagine, Deech, Can you imagine fucking Ipswich? How they were like, are you? This is a fucking holiday camp. Uh, oh man, uh, yeah, I think you would have been brought uh, present day. You would have been brought home after the second day, or you wouldn't have been allowed to go after the itinerary was seen by the head coach. So, and we did, we did, we played golf because we, we and we walked and we had caddies and the whole shit and shamazel and got stuff <laughs> and the players felt like shit and it didn't work. So we tried everything and then going in, like in and out, tried that, didn't work either. The only way you can do well there is you got to be able to possess the fucking ball. Like you got to hold on to it for you know certain periods of time. Otherwise, that pressure and they were. A, quality side too you know than they are the now the fact of the is Craig but Craig the fact is though, that in this qualifying campaign whether Canada qualifies or not it won't come down to the game in Mexico or in the States you know you almost write those off for that third spot I mean it's great yeah you get something mm. amazing but you don't mm. it's not as if they're a must win I mean ho- hopefully it's not at that point a must win situation anyway yeah, no, that's a good point. When you're going down there, everybody realizes that anything you get is uh, is gravy. And first of all, too, you don't want to – when goal differential is going to be important, you don't want to get go down there and get stuffed. Mm-hmm. So they get three that's games just, in this window. 
right? They right. start yeah. with Honduras, then they go to Nashville to take on the States, and then they're home at BMO again to take on El Salvador. So what's the yeah. minimum expectation? They come away with four points? I would say I six. four points. Six, yeah, okay, go ahead, Craig. You know better than myself, but six is quite say, ideal. But... Six, yeah. They got to come away. We get six points right out of those games, yeah. Four minimum. I think seven would be perfect, and I think that's what John's going to look towards getting. Um, but this is a group of players, a team that have such belief now, guys. They've, they've played Mexico recently, and you have to remember they played Mexico without two or three of their top players as well, and they went toe-to-toe with them. So Mexico mm-hmm. will have a, a whole new respect for Canada. Um the U.S. as well. I know the U.S. were a little bit depleted in, in the last tournament and they played a lot of their young guys. But again, Canada went toe-to-toe with them and I, I thought they played very, very well for 89 minutes of the game. It was just a, a little bit of a, a bad break at the beginning of the game that they gave a silly goal away. Um, so I think there's a belief within this group. There's an edge towards uh, them as well that, as you said, Craig, they can qualify for this tournament as one of the top three if they play to their, their best abilities. And they yeah. have all their, their players, um, whether it be Scotty's missing, and, and rightly so, they've picked a, a bunch of players that have been performing well and that have turned up after every um, get-together, after every tournament, after every national game, and they want to come and, and play. They want to be a part of it. I mean, I was reading today that if they change their formation um, Canada and went with wingbacks. He's looking at playing Alfonso Davis on one wing and Tejan Buchanan, who just moved to Club Bruges in, in Belgium um, for a big fee. Like, there's not many better outside backs, wingbacks in CONCACAF than those two at this moment in time. So they've got a uh, 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 huge depth now and players that are not just willing to fight for the cause, like, because Can- Canadians are known for that, but They've got a group of players that can go into difficult places and stand up and win games or get something out of it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I don't think it's, it's it used to be uh, all about uh, we were all a unit. Everybody played for each other, but we also knew our, our ability and what we were going to be good at. And if we try to win games, we weren't going to go out and try to beat Mexico. You're going to make sure you defend, be tight, all this kind of stuff. But this team can do whatever they want. They can get at teams. And like you said, in the Gold Cup, I think after the game, I'd like to know what the Mexican coach said to John Herdman because when they when when those guys came together and shook hands, um, there was you could just tell there was a, a respect that, uh, wow, this Canadian team is, uh, is the real deal. And I know when we played Mexico, even the good ones, you know, count said but we played in Canada it was uh it was a different we always knew we uh we got a gain there as opposed to Azteca where it was really difficult for us because we didn't possess the ball so so for me guys this this is where and I know Craig has probably happened with you as well and I just want to pose the question to you how can Canada capitalize on their home games and make it even more difficult for away teams for me they have to go and play in places where it's so cold, it's so difficult for these South American, Central American teams to come and play. I don't know where Moncton is, but I heard that's pretty cold in the winter. Um, Halifax. Um, find a stadium in none of it somewhere. I'm sure Dan Wong can sort that out for us. And, and just play in these places where you're flying in and flying out. You'll get a, a, a huge interest from the local community there, but Make it as difficult as you can, like the Mexicans do, by bringing teams into the Azteca and capitalize on playing uh, at home in in your own country. Yeah, but the trouble is the the Canadians don't want to play in that weather either. They're not comfortable playing in those extreme conditions either. I mean, maybe more so perhaps than a Central American, Craig. But, I mean, would you have liked to have played in, you know, none of it? No. (laughs) Well, you're right there, right? I mean, and then also... They used to say that about the Brazilians, and then you know the Brazilians are playing in Russia and cold temperatures and all over Eastern Europe. So it's it's not a it's not a, an issue. Um, like black you, flies, black flies, Gregor in Winnipeg or something. Black flies would be a that would be a that would be probably a better one because one thing is for sure it's 
when you're in cold weather, at least, you know, you can put gloves on and you can warm up. It's way diff more difficult when you go down there and they're playing you at high noon and it's 33. That's way more difficult because you, you can only strip down so much. But um, yeah, but at the end of the day, Deej, I think if they play the games in Edmonton, Vancouver, wherever they play them, whenever he's going to want the games, and they got a national stadium or so, what they call here in Toronto. And uh, if that place is pro-Canadian, they'll be just fine. But my my worry is is that I the players have been a long time and since they played at home, and I think it was against the United States when there's fan when their bloody thing was like a quarter full because nobody knew the game was on. Is stupid, but another thing is that if they come out and there's going to be a bunch of uh, support for the away teams, that better not shock them. They they better expect that because that could happen. I think they'll be more pro Canadian than we've seen before because people are willing to go to the games. But I remember when we had you know the the one game we had to win against Mexico in 1993 to qualify for nine. Um, we had a pro Canadian crowd and it was at best 50, 50, but there was way more Mex- Mexican flags and stuff like that. So that can't shock them as well as uh, the only other worrying side is this, is that they have to temper their enthusiasm when they're getting calls against them because you're in a hostile environment in Central America or wherever Uh the fans will go crazy and the referees will retaliate with cards and you end up in a situation each where as a coach you're going oh my goodness we're down a man and this isn't part of the plan yeah yeah well we'll see um i guess we can look at that usa canada game at bmo field two years ago now pretty good support for canada on that night more than i've seen perhaps ever and uh you know if you are a canadian fan and you're thinking about going to the game next wednesday and on the 8th don't think anymore. Go and buy tickets. Go and see your country play and support your country because there is no excuse for, for the fan base to be outnumbered. There is no excuse. Sorry. That would be a real indictment, I think, on the Canadian soccer culture that we thought was going somewhere if we can't put out a partisan crowd mm-hmm. <laughs> at BMO Field for these, which are some of the most exciting games we, we've ever seen or for a this very long time. Wait, are we, are we going to be there? Yeah, the plan is we shall okay. be there. That yeah. sounds great. It's good and to tell. We Come say hello. Wearing, well, actually, we should we should confirm. B, you're still there, right? B, is he there? He's breathing Brandon. heavily. I don't know. He's he's a great. He's a, in a gray dark circle. That's weird. <laughs> oh, there he is. There, we see him now. B, you there? Yeah. Can you hear us? Now we no, can't we hear can't, him. We can't hear, hear you now. Your audio's gone. I was going to ask B. Just make sure he's not going to wear his Honduras shirt because you know no he's got Honduras one. Honduras shirt. He, he's definitely got one. I hope the CSA don't do a deal again with it. Well, if they want to do a deal with BMO, that's absolutely fine and good on them and good for BMO for supporting. But don't give the blue and white clappers when they're playing. <laughs> no, no Back blue and white. The BMO field clappers. No, don't do that. Uh, we still can't hear you, B. By the way, uh, Tejan Buchanan, you mentioned he's going to Bruce Deach, uh, 7 million. And he'll be joining there after the MLS season when he, when he wraps up with the Revs. Um, I'm trying to think. So Bruges are in in the Champions League group with City, and uh, that that insane group with Bruges, City, Leipzig, and of course um, PSG. No. So I, I don't think he will be able to sign up. Besiktas, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. It's Besiktas. PSG are in Man City's group. Yeah, what was it, Besiktas? You said that. Oh, Jesus Christ. The Portuguese league is now fifth. I was right, by the way. City, PSG, Leipzig, Bruges. Yeah, so so he's going to miss out on that, sadly. But mm. he could potentially make the... Uh, if, if Bruges find a way to get through the, the group phase of the Champions League, he could find himself playing Champions League football in the new year if he makes their, their Champions League squad. Or perhaps Europa League. Regardless, I think it's a good move. I didn't actually work with him. I, I saw him as a youngster. Um he wasn't in the squad when you were working there with Canada. No, he wasn't. He wasn't part. Of, he was at the U twenty okay. uh, World Cup, right? Uh, so he was part of that group. He had a very good U uh, twenty World Cup there as well. But I just feel with this mentality that he has at the moment, I think he's one of the best wingers um, in MLS at the moment. He's still a young boy. He's a ninety nine born player. And he scores goals, he creates goals, he's aggressive in the attack, defensively pretty good as well for a winger. And I, I, I honestly feel that this is the right move 
I feel that a lot of the Canadian media were kind of underwhelmed by it. But for me, this is the right step. There's no point in going to a big club where it looks good on paper and everyone's shaking hands and everyone's proud in Canada because he's playing for one of the top elite clubs in Europe. He's not going to play as much at a big club like that. He needs to go to a a club Bruges where he's going to play week in, week out, still going to develop his game and then hopefully succeed there and push on to the bigger club, which I expect him to do so, while also being a stellar player for the national team as well during that time. All right, boys, uh, let's let's wrap it up for this block. And, uh, well, you know what time's next, right? When we come back, it's going to be time for some uh, tenderness and money, the footy picks. This is Jeff Cole, the voice of Footy Prime, the podcast. Get ready for a season of football and soccer on DAZN. Watch live and on demand your sport when and where you want it. Start your free trial at DAZN.com. That's D-A-Z-N.com. DAZN. Game changed. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. <laughs> so good. Ah, so good. Dulcet tones of Danny Dickio. It is footy picks uh, as we wrap the show up today, fellas. Two biggies this weekend. One in particular is a title decider. Let's be honest here. Liverpool against Chelsea. Uh, Craig, what are you thinking here, pal? What a great game early in the season. Love it. Love it. Um, it's a real test, I think, you know, and I think I like Chelsea in this one as well. The nick at 1-0. Tight affair, Deitch. Big test early doors for Mr. Van Dyke as he's returning from injury, going up against arch nemesis, Mr. Lukaku. Um, do Liverpool bring in the new signing? Is it uh, the defender? Is it Konate? Konate, yep. Konate, yep. Ibrahim Konate. Do they bring him in or do they keep Matip, who I thought was one good last week in Liverpool games? But... uh no, I, I like this matchup. I do think that I think Liverpool might nick this and cause a little bit of an upset and set a little standard setter for uh, the rest of the league to say Chelsea can be beat. I, I really like this Chelsea team. I hate to say it because I hate Chelsea, but they're very well built, very well managed and coached. But I just fancy Liverpool at home in front of the thousands of copets now and getting that maybe a little 2 1 victory. 2-1 or 1-0 at home. All right. You know what? You're right. Joe Matip might be one of the most underappreciated defenders in the Premier League. He's really good when he's healthy. B? I'm going with the same 2-1 scoreline, but Chelsea will win 2-1. I think the uh, advantage of the cop, a full Anfield, will boost Liverpool and get them a goal. I think they'll be in it, but I just I just think Chelsea are too good. And to be honest, I think that Chelsea are so up for these big matchups and they're not going to drop many of them. So I think they're going to win Saturday. Thomas Tuchel named UEFA's uh, Manager of the Year today in their glitzy, glamorous award ceremony after the Champions League draw. I guess it's deserved, given that he, he won the Champions League, I suppose, and turned that team around. But uh, oh, fired and hired by Chelsea just you know weeks later. Yeah, quite a year for him. How it was nice Frank seeing Lampard Pedro Pinto feel? again. Was that Craig? How does Frank Lampard feel, though? Eh. He must be absolutely gutted. Yeah, he doesn't look good in him, does it? <laughs> it looks doesn't look good terrible. I mean, turn that whole team <laughs> right around. Now they're fucking look like they're, you know, one or two in the Premier League at the moment. Jeez. They, they, they couldn't defend, right, under Lamps. And then in comes Tuchel and in 33 games, they've conceded 17 goals. <laughs> Same players, pretty much, right? <laughs> World leaders. We'll be this. All right, everyone. That's that's the the podcast. And like Wonga mentioned, we hope to be at BMO Field next week for for the big game, Canada against Honduras. Footy Picks is brought to you by the Zone. The Zone game changed. That's right. As is this podcast in its entirety as well. Thank you, the Zone. Hope you are checking out our the Zone soccer show on the platform. Monday through Sunday, every day that we can find it on there, talking about all sorts of things. Um, this past week, we, we discussed, um, oh, yeah, um, among other things, if if you were starting a brand-new club, generic, generic FC, you had unlimited funds, who would you choose to, to be your first most glitzy signing? And there was some hostility and disagreement between the boys, but it's a good debate. So that's 
much more on the DAZN Soccer Show. Uh, okay, fellas, thank you very much. We'll return to your airwaves around this time next week. Cheers very much for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 